insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Your hosts are Joseph and Madison Whalen, a father and daughter team making their way through the challenges of the teenage years. Welcome to Insights into Teens. This is episode 118, Teens and Rejection. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my intelligent and inspirational co-host, Madison Whalen. Hi, everyone. How you doing today, Maddie? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing okay. So we took some time off, right? Took uh, two weeks off. Yep. Went on a little vacation, <clears throat> kind of did day trips. We didn't do anything crazy, right? Yeah. And uh, last week, we probably could have did the podcast, but we were kind of getting back into the swing of things at home, so we took an extra week off. Yeah. In that time, though, we did do some updates to the studio. Uh, I have another utility monitor here. You'll see some of the camera angles <clears throat> are a little bit different. Uh, we have some new lighting in here. Uh, but nothing major. Um, I did want to do the tiles on the, the acoustic tiles on the wall, but we never got around to those. Yeah. So anyway, we're uh, this is our second one. We did uh, insights and entertainment yesterday, and I did not like some of the camera angles, so I had to make some adjustments. Mm, that's. I'm guessing that's what you were doing today. Yes. So hopefully, um, everything will be satisfactory today. So, in those two weeks, did anything exciting happen that you wanted to talk about? Um, well, we had the day trips. Yep. Um, <clears throat> we went, I'm not going list, to list these in order. We went to New Hope, Lancaster. We also went to Round One, which we originally thought was Player One at the <laughs> right. mall. I keep calling it the, the wrong name, too. Um, I had a kind of a play date with Mariah. Um, right. When we went to go to Dave and Buster's. A, who was a guest on this show some time back. Yeah, in our friend's podcast. Yep. Uh, and we also did D&D on Saturday. Me and Mommy had gone to ZoloCon on Sunday. Yep, left me behind for that one. You, were, you <clears throat> weren't feeling well. You said to go without us. I didn't think I actually would, but okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see. what. So did you have a good time on vacation? Yeah, pretty okay. much. That's all that really matters. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about helping teens handle rejection. We'll look at how uh, rejection is different in teens and things parents need to keep in mind when helping their teens get through it. We'll talk about some typical coping mechanisms to help teens when they do face rejection and finally, we'll talk about methods that can help our teens heal, recover, and come back stronger than ever from rejection. Because I think we've all faced rejection at some level. And we'll talk about some of those different levels, too. Uh, before we do that, though, I do want to invite our listeners and our viewers to subscribe to the podcast. 
You can get audio versions of this podcast listed as Insights into Teens. You can get video versions of all the network's podcasts listed as Insights into Things. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, pretty much any place you can get a podcast these days. I would also invite our audience to give us some feedback. We are always looking for new topics to discuss. And we'd like to know how we're doing. Are we doing a bad job, doing a good job? Pat us on the back, throw some tomatoes at us, you know, that type of stuff. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. On Twitter, we're at insights underscore things. You can get us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Instagram, we're at instagram.com slash insightsintothings. And if you don't get to any of those, you can go to our, right to our website at www.insightsintothings.com and get links to everything. Now, we may seem like we're rushing through the podcast today, but that's because we're under a severe thunderstorm warning. And I want to get the podcast done before it hits in the event that we lose power. Hopefully we won't. With that in mind, are you ready to get going? Sure. All right. So how is rejection different for teens? So today's research for this segment came from SciComm.net, and this was research that you yourself did, Madison. And you did a very good job prepping the notes for this show, by the way. Thank you. They say rejection comes in many forms during the teen years. Adolescents experience rejections like getting cut from a team, losing the lead role in a play to another actor, or rejection letters from colleges. These rejections can feel huge and life-altering in the moment, but adolescents also experience a wide variety of micro-rejections on any given day. Now, micro-rejections, not injections, micro-rejections <clears throat> might include being snubbed by a friend at lunch, a peer saying no to a date, or feeling left out when perusing social media. No matter the size of the rejection, one truth stays the same. Rejection hurts. It feels like the opposite of being accepted, valued, and appreciated. In the minds of teens, rejection feels life-altering. In the case of the dreaded college rejection letter, for example, a teen might feel like the hard work of high school was a wasted effort and their goals for the future can no longer be achieved. It's easy for an adult to assess the situation as a minor hindrance, just another part of life to get over and move on from. But for teens, it's different, though. How? Um, so, an adult might view the teen's extreme reaction to rejection as distorted thinking. But for the teen attempting to cope with rejection, the emotional pain is very real. While some teens go, through, go to great lengths to avoid rejection by way of playing it safe, staying within the boundaries of what they know they can achieve, and steering clear of anything considered a risk, the truth is that rejection can't be avoided. Rejection is an uncomfortable part of life that all teens need to learn, to cope with, and work through as they prepare for adulthood. Coping with rejection involves working through two very important components, what you feel and what you think. These two things often exist in a cynical 
Cyclical? Cyclical relationship in that you your feelings can affect your thoughts and your thoughts can in turn affect your feelings. Ignoring either one or both won't reduce won't reduce the sting of rejection by separating them and targeting each one will help re- and targeting each one will help reduce negative emotional responses to rejection. The good news is that you can help your child navigate their struggle of coping with rejection. So <clears throat> the next natural question is, have you ever experienced rejection the way they describe it here? Um, probably in various different um ideas. A lot of it kind of had to do with my friendships mainly, um, and kind of how I would kind of feel rejected in certain ways. Like if my friends were doing something else and didn't really wanna play what with me or what we were what we normally play or something like that. Right. <laughs> I probably experienced the heaviest amount of rejection in sixth grade when I really didn't feel accepted by most of my peers in my class. None of us were really friends. I never really, like, hung out with them after school. Now, there were people I didn't get along with, but for the most part, I was kind of just... I don't know. I just felt like I wasn't really a part of the class. Most people I fe- I felt ignored me. And I kind of felt like I really wasn't a part of the class and that, honestly, like, I wasn't very close with many of the people. So it was an interesting form of rejection, I suppose. Yeah, one of the interesting things about rejection is that it kind of distorts reality. So when you're rejected for whatever reason, a a date or a friend or something like that, uh, you try to justify it to yourself as to why. And a lot of times the thoughts of that justification tend to lean towards the negative side. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. When you felt rejected, did you find that you were down on yourself and you, you thought it was justified that they rejected you? Or did you think differently? Did you wonder why they rejected you? How was your reaction to that? I mean, my main, um, my main, I, I probably felt, I definitely would question like why I wasn't really included because I was just as smart as most of the people in my class, but None of them really seemed to, you know, you know, accept me, I suppose. None of them really took notice of me. And then I kind of wondered if it was me and maybe thought that I kind of went in between of wondering why they were like this and getting upset because of it and then kind of justifying it, thinking it was justified. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the times or one of the situations I should say that rejections probably had an impact on me is going for a job. You know, anytime that you're out of work, uh, you have this feeling of questions of self worth, questions of your own ability to perform a job already. So there's already because unless you left the job on your own chances are you were let go because the company wasn't doing well, maybe you had some performance issues, whatever it was. So when you go looking for a job, 
and you go for a job interview and you walk out of that interview feeling really good about it that, you know, I, I answered all the questions well. They seem to like me. I really like the job. I really like the company. And you start to kind of uh, get your hopes up and you kind of envision yourself in that job and how you're going to like it and how you're going to like the company. And then when you get the, the letter basically saying that they decided not to go with you, you have this sense of rejection. And since you already have, you might already have some underlying negative feelings to go along with that because of the position that you're in having not been working, that sort of feeds into that negativity. So when you when you get that rejection letter, it hurt, it hits a little extra hard sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it happens to everybody. It happens at all ages. Um, but there's there's different ways that you can cope with it. You know, there's you can take it and and run with it and turn it into a positive thing which is kind of what we hope people wind up doing because rejection, just because you've been rejected from something or from someone, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It could be an opportunity for you to improve. Uh, you know, when you're interviewing, for instance, you may go through four or five interviews and by the time you get to that fifth interview, you're very well polished and you know exactly how to go in there and answer those questions. So it's a rehearsal a lot of times and it's a great way to expand yourself. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about how to help your teen handle rejection. For over seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Civ Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Starforge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, Guild Lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Welcome back to Insights into Teens. Today we're talking about teens and rejection. So how can you help your teen handle rejection? While dismissing or downplaying the rejection might feel right to a parent on a mission to protect a teen from emotional pain, it can actually intensify the pain. Rejection feels isolating and lousy, and teens already know this. What they need is sympathy, understanding, and someone who will listen. They don't need to be told that their pain doesn't really matter, when to them it feels like the only thing that matters. What's the first thing that we should do to help our teens to handle their rejection? The first thing. One more time. <laughs> the first thing we should do is name it. Talk about the specifics of the rejection and encourage your teen to label the many feelings overwhelming their mind in response to the rejection. Labeling, labeling emotions is the first step toward working through, through them and moving beyond them. 
If your teen is unable or unwilling to take this step, label what you're seeing. Your girlfriend broke up with you and you're probably feeling rejected, overwhelmed, sad, and even angry. All of these feelings are perfectly normal reactions to this. Helping your child understand what emotions they are feeling and why, specifically, they are feeling them, will help them cope with all sorts of situations, not just rejection. And I think this is important, and we've kind of talked about this technique, about just understanding and handling emotions in the past, right? A lot of times as you go through your teenage years, you, you experience emotions that you've never experienced before. And there's really no owner's manual or instruction manual to how to handle them. So a lot of times you don't know what to call the feelings. Like you know how they make you feel. And when you can't name them, it can be very frustrating trying to deal with them. Mm -hmm. So just helping your teen to understand those feelings and to put a name or a label on those feelings is really the first step to trying to address those and deal with them. Yeah. What's the next one that we should talk about? The next one we have is remain objective. You might be tempted to yell out all of the reasons that your teen should have been accepted to to that college from which they've received a rejection letter or why your teen's ex-girlfriend is making a huge mistake by breaking up with them. But responding in anger will only intensify your teen's negative emotional response. Teens look to their parents for cues when they're under stress. It's essential to remain calm and objective in the face of rejection to show your teen that your love is unconditional and this rejection won't actually ruin their life. Remember, your teen will pick up on the behavior that you demonstrate. To demonstrate anger at every rejection encourages a sense of entitlement and it will be, be, make coping with inevitable rejections all the more difficult. And I got to say, as a parent, this is a tough one because like my first reaction, anytime I I see anybody hurt my kids is, I don't want to say violent, but it's anger. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like I don't want to see anybody hurt my kids. And my first reaction is to sort of jump in there, white knight, shining armor, come in and, and save the day. And that's not always the best thing to do. Yeah. So one of the things, and and honestly, one of the things this podcast has kind of helped me to do is to try to be that calm voice of reason. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So when something happens, let's understand what happened first. Let's understand why it happened. Let's understand how we can avoid it happening in the future. And let's figure out what our lesson is to be learned from something. Uh, I'm less apt to just jump in and and sort of be angry from the start. Do you find that helpful? Do you find that that kind of attitude is is calming and helps you to deal with situations? Yeah, you've definitely – and, of course, like they said before, kids kind of follow with what their parents do. So you've helped me to become much more calm whenever I can control and understand these kinds of situations, so I've become better at handling them myself. But having you around if I can't handle them myself is always good as well. Yeah, and that's really, I mean, ultimately, as as a parent, that's our job. It's, it's not to solve your problems. It's to teach you how to solve them. Yeah. And rejection is one of those ones that 
everybody's going to experience. Um, as much as I'd like to shelter you from it so that you don't have to face the pain, because I know how painful it is. I've, you know, especially talking about a, a relationship breakup. Um, ironically, my probably my biggest rejections have been in, in relationships. Um, some of them have been in relationships that existed only in my mind. You know, you you develop feelings for someone and they don't have them in return and, and it's immediate and um, ultimate rejection, I guess you could say. Um, so you deal with these things differently. Uh, so I don't want to see you go through some of the pain that I went through. And my philosophy has always been, why make the mistake yourself when you can learn from somebody else's? But there's certain things that you can't avoid in life, and rejection's one of them. Yeah. So we we take it with a grain of salt. We deal with it as we as we you know experience it, and then we learn from it and move on. It's the best we can do. The last thing they talk about is connecting. They say this is a time to convey empathy and understanding. Admitting that you don't know exactly what your teen is feeling right this very moment, but that you do know what it feels like to face rejection opens the door to conversation. Teens don't necessarily want step-by-step -step instructions on ways to recover from a rejection, but they do want to connect and talk through it. Leaning on past experiences and sharing your painful memories of rejection as a teen can bridge the gap between you and your teen. With your experiences, well, I'm sorry, while your experiences are not exactly the same as your teens, you can use them to talk about how you felt, how you responded, and what you did to recover. Now, do you find that useful at all? You know, when, when we have these conversations and I kind of convey some of the experiences that I had. Um, yeah, that probably works just as well as just, you know, helping me out through it. Um, and it also is probably more positive because, you know, we connect, like this is suggesting, and it also is a good way to help me, you know, get over rejection if I do face it. Um, so I would definitely say this is also a pretty good way that, um, you know, parents help. How about talking in general? Does talking about, you know, not just specifically rejection, but talking about anything in general that's bothering you, do you find that to be at all helpful or therapeutic? Yeah, just, I remember you had had this one metaphor where, like, I was basically kind of um, a boiling kettle. Basically, right. um... I'd boil up for the entire day, and unless I was release some steam, I'd explode. Right. So talking it out would basically be releasing that steam. And even if you didn't really give me any advice and was just there to comfort me, just letting all of that out was all was always something um, I that always made me feel better. Even when it wasn't re really specifically with you. If I was at recess with Mariah and I needed to... Um, you know, talk to her about something, I would just, you know, spit out what I was feeling, and she didn't really have to comfort me if she only really needed to comfort me, and then, you know, I would feel better just, you know, letting that out. Yeah, my mom was like that. My mom was a very good listener, 
and like there were times, you know, I was divorced before and, and that had a, you know, emotional, uh, impact on me, obviously. And I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it with anybody. We had even gone through uh, marriage counseling at the time to try to, I guess, make sense of everything. And I was never the type of person who talked about his problems. It was always one of those things where I kind of kept them inside and I dealt with them internally. And my mom was the type of person who you'd sit down with her and she wouldn't ask you questions about the problem. She would just have a conversation with you. And through that conversation, you wind up talking about the problem and not realizing you're talking about it. And it might be a 15-minute conversation. It might be a two-hour-long conversation. But when you got done talking to my mom and you walked away, you felt better. You felt like you had a plan. You felt like you understood the problem. You felt like you know there was this tremendous weight lifted off of you. And she just sort of had that effect. And, and I don't know if it was her or just her ability to get people to talk. But I always found that to be very therapeutic with my mom. Um, whenever there was something bother me, you know, something happened, I had a fight, I had a bad experience, whatever it was. She never gave me advice. Like, and she would admit that she didn't really understand the circumstances. And I think that's why she didn't want to talk about the specifics, but just that encouragement to talk and discuss it and to deal with it. Cause a lot of times human beings tend to compartmentalize these things. We kind of lock them in a box and stick them in the back of our brains because we don't want to deal with them. And then eventually all those boxes start to stack up and they wind up falling on us. And my mom had a way of, you know, pulling that box out and opening it up and finding out what was good in that box and throwing the stuff out that was, that was bad that you didn't need and moving on. It was kind of like, you know, clear house cleaning. Um, so she was very good at that. And I think this kind of goes along with that, that connect, that talk, um, that, that cope with it. Like you have to accept that it's happening, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, hopefully you get that kind of service from us and, and hopefully we provide that service to some of our audience as well. So let's take our second break and we're going to come back and talk about bouncing back from rejection. We'll be right back. Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Our husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. We'll look at the interesting and obscure entertainment news of the week. We'll talk about theme park and pop culture news. We'll give you the latest and greatest on pop culture conventions. We'll give you a deep dive into Disney, Star Wars, and much more. Check out our video episodes at youtube.com backslash insights into things. Our audio episodes at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com or check us out on the web at insightsintothings.com. Welcome 
Welcome back to Insights into Teens. Today we're talking about rejection, and now we're going to talk about how teens can bounce back from rejection. So this research for this segment comes from a website called kidshealth.org, which I'm pretty sure we've used before. Mm-hmm. So the first thing they um, say is to be positive. When you're dealing with a painful emotion like rejection, it's easy to get caught up in the bad feeling. But dwelling on the negative stuff can feel like living the experience over and over again. Not only does it keep hurting, it becomes harder to get past the rejection. So admit how you feel, but don't dwell on it. Avoid talking or thinking about it nonstop. Why? Negative thinking influences our expectations and how we act. Getting stuck in a negative outlook might even bring about more rejection. It certainly doesn't inspire a person to try again. Well, that's true. So, you know, this is sort of a recurring theme in a lot of the uh, self-help stuff that we talked about. You know, be positive, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be negative. Yeah. Uh, The more negative you are, negativity leads to negativity. Mm -hmm. What do you do? And I'm not talking specifically about rejection, but what do you do when something bad happens to stay positive? Um, well, some things I would probably do to stay positive in most scenarios is to try to find somewhat, um, try to look on the bright side at least. Like, kind of look at the ha- the glass that's half full and half empty, and I try to look on the bright side, um, kind of thinking, like... What good came out of the bad scenario, um, how I can kind of learn from it, and stuff like that. Um, other ways I can kind of think positively um, would I guess include just being around positive energy, like playing with the cats, watching videos, stuff like that. Things I typically enjoy, and I find it easier to be positive that way. That's interesting, the use of positive energy. I don't think a lot of people appreciate that concept very much and it's simple things like that you know spending time with the cats you know getting that unconditional love that you get from a pet is is hugely positive yeah um even like reading a book or listening to music listening to the you know uplifting music it's stuff like that that kind of tweaks the brain and you start to release those those endorphins in the in the brain that help you to be more positive in the deal with things like that. And and a lot of times people don't think of the physiological effects of thinking positive and, and what it can do for you. Yeah. The next thing they talk about, and this is an interesting concept that I liked. Examine your thought soundtrack. Consider how you're explaining the rejection to yourself. Are you being too hard on yourself? It's natural to wonder, why did this happen? When you give yourself an explanation, be careful to stick to the facts. Tell yourself, well, I got turned down for prom because the person didn't want to go with me. Don't tell yourself, I got turned down because I'm not attractive or I'm such a loser. Those aren't facts. They're imagining a reason. Reading too much into a situation. 
If put-down thoughts like these start creeping into your mind, shut them down. Self-blaming or put-down thinking can exaggerate our faults and lead us to believe stuff about ourselves that simply isn't true. This kind of thinking crowds out hope and a belief in ourselves, the very things we need to get past bad feeling and wanting to try again. If you start blaming yourself for the rejection or put yourself down, you can start believing you'll always be rejected. Thoughts like, oh, I'll never get a date or no one will ever like me, amplify a simple rejection to disaster levels. Rejection can hurt a lot and can be terribly disappointing, but it's not the end of the road. Now, one of the things that we've talked about in the past is you are oftentimes your own worst critic. Yeah. So how do you avoid you know, going down this disastrous path of blowing something out of proportion and blaming yourself for it. How do you cope with that? <sighs> do, do you cope with it? <laughs> <laughs> there aren't really many things that can help with that. Um, but one of them is talking it out with you, kind of talking out with you guys, kind of saying how I think and, you know, talking about the negative thoughts that I, or the monster that kind of roams around me whenever I just feel negative emotions. I typically would go to you, kind of just express these emotions and, you know, connect with you. But, you know, also you just being the outlet for me to kind of just talk out my problems and maybe offer your own solutions to them. Um, that's probably one of the main things I would do. One of the things that I try to, to kind of suggest that you do is to look at your track record, right? Like sometimes you get concerned about your academics, despite the fact that you bring home straight A's. I, like I have no idea why you get concerned about them. <laughs> Like, you'll get yourself psyched up about a test thinking that you're not going to do well on it. And you've never not done well on it. So one of the things I, that, like, I don't want you to get complacent. Yeah. But, like, it's important to look at how you've handled things. School. You're going into a new school. You're going into high school. A lot of anxiety. A lot of nervousness, right? Mm-hmm. But this is the third time you've done it. And yeah. every other time you've gotten upset about going into a new school and you've aced it, you've knocked it out of the park. So at this point in time, you kind of have to look back and say, well, all right, so it's another school. Big deal. I've done it twice already and three times already. And what, what's the big deal? I'll deal with it. I'll take it as it comes and whatever happens, happens and we'll deal with it. Cause you've done that in the past, you know? Yeah. That math test, oh, man, that's a, that was a tough math test. I studied for it. I did everything I could. I got to take the test now. Okay, well, the last test you did, you had the same thing, and you got you to nail that one, and the one before that, and the one before that. You know, until you start having failures or you start missing things, you really shouldn't put yourself down because you consistently perform. So I think looking at your successes is something that, that should be instilling that level of confidence in you. Like, all right, we'll deal with it. What's the big deal? It's not the first time we've done it. It's not going to be the last time we do it. So I think if you can draw some 
level of confidence from that, it'll help some of those negative feelings. Mm -hmm. Mommy and I have total confidence. And that's why we encourage you to go into all the advanced classes this coming year. So I think you'll do fine. I think if anything, my biggest concern for you is not being challenged. Because if someone like you is not challenged, you'll you'll stagnate. You know, you'll do just enough to get by because that's what's required, and that's excellent for you. Um, because of of how well you do, and and it's good that you challenge yourself. I don't want you to take the the wrong impression there, but not to the point of generating anxiety needlessly. Yeah. So dealing with positive emotions and negative emotions is important. Very important because they can be self-fulfilling prophecies here if you if you get negative and you get down on yourself. And that's really what they're talking about here. What's the next thing they talk about? The next thing they talk about is keep things in perspective. Tell yourself, okay, so I got rejected this time. Maybe next time. I'll get a yes or oh well. This is what happened. I don't like it. It's not how I wanted things to work out, but everyone gets rejected, and I can try again. Think about what you're good at and what's good about you. Remember times when you've been accepted, when you've made the cut, and when someone told you yes. Think of all the people who like you and support you. Give yourself credit for trying. You took a risk. Good for you. Remind yourself that you can handle the rejection. Even though you were turned down now, there will be another opportunity another time. Get psycho Philo philosophical. philosophical. Get philosophical. Sometimes things happen for reasons we don't always understand. So this one had an interesting point here. And that is you took a risk. Good for you. There are a lot of people out there who just play it safe. Mm-hmm. And life is a risk-reward system. If you don't take a risk, you won't get a reward. Yeah. So a lot of times the rejection comes from taking that risk. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to accept it. Because when you don't get rejected, the reward is significant. Yeah. If you just want to go through life playing it safe, you can do that and probably minimize your chance of being rejected. But you'll also limit what you can do. Mm -hmm. You know, if you just stay in your regular math class, you'll do fine. You'll get through school, you'll get your grades, and everything will be fine. You try to get into college. If you want to be an engineer, you try to go be an engineer with average grades. Eh, you're probably not going to get the kind of position that you want. But if you take that risk and you take that advanced class, the reward that you get from that will far outweigh the risk that you're putting into it normally. Hmm. So I'm not saying bet the farm on everything, yeah. you know, but you kind of have to pick your battles and pick your, your risks. Um, and you have to look at it objectively and see where your risks are going to be and what the rewards are going to be. And when you take that risk and you fail, you don't let that discourage you. You know, how many times do you throw a dart at the dartboard and it, it hits the bullseye? One in ten, one in a hundred maybe, but it doesn't stop you from throwing the darts. Yeah. 
So you, you get up and you do it again. You ride a bike, you fall, you get up, you do it again. You ride a bike, you fall, you get up and do it again. Till you can ride that bike. You know, I got a lot of skin knees when I was learning to ride a bike. But that time that I didn't need those training wheels anymore was more than worth it. So the risk reward is something that you, ha you really have to take a look at. And even when you fail, you have to pat yourself on the back for, for having the courage to take that risk. You know, when you took your advanced, um, what, what advanced class? It was advanced math that you were in the first one, right? Yeah. And it was hard. It was tough. And when you brought that first A home, how did that make you feel? Really happy. Exactly. And, and the next day and the next day. And, you know, you were able to consistently do that because you pushed yourself. Now, had you not been in advancing, you'd been in a lower, lower level math, you would have brought A's home constantly. But it wouldn't have felt as good because it would have been easy. Yeah. You know, if you don't try for something, it's hardly worth the reward that you get from it. Mm -hmm. And rejection happens to be one of the consequences that you have to live with when you do that. So they talk about using rejection to your advantage. A rejection is a chance to consider if th there are things we can work on. It's okay to think about whether there's room for improvement or if your goals were higher than your skills. Sometimes it puts things into perspective. If your skills weren't strong enough this time, maybe you need to work on your game, your studies, your interview technique, or whatever it takes to improve your chances of getting accepted next time. Use the rejection as an opportunity for self-improvement. Sometimes a rejection is a harsh reality check. But if you approach it right, it could help nudge you in a direction that turns out to be the perfect fit for your talents, your personality, and all the really great things that make you who you are. So when you come to me, and a great example of this is when you come to me with a, a drawing, for instance, and I look at it, what do I do? What's the first thing that I do? Um, you, you typically um, think, you kind of think, you kind of take a glance at it and kind of see like what you think I can improve on. Exactly. It's not when, like we talked about this when we talked about lying. If I just told you whenever you brought something to me, I love it, it's great, it's perfect the way it is, you'd never improve. Yeah. Now, if you came to me and it was perfect, I would tell you. But when you come to me and there's things that you can improve that would make you better, as a parent, I'm obligated to help you with that. Mm-hmm. This is sort of along the same lines. So when you go and you apply to college and you get rejected, they may or may not come back and tell you why you were rejected. But you're going to look at that rejection letter and you're going to look at your application and you're going to analyze it. And you'll come up with ways to improve the next time you submit a, a application. You go to a job interview and you think everything went great during that interview, but you get a rejection letter. You're going to go back and you're going to question, well, maybe that answer I gave to the question about what I really liked about my last job probably wasn't the best answer. Or maybe I was too familiar with the guy. Maybe I was, I was too casual with him. Or maybe I didn't dress the part or whatever. You know, maybe my resume wasn't as polished as it should be. 
it's going to make you look at what you put on the table at that point in time and help you to improve yourself. And anytime you have an opportunity to improve yourself, it's a good thing. Yeah. So that's where you can take it to your advantage at that point in time. What's, what's the last one that we have here? The last one we have is examine the thought process. When teens are stuck in a negative thought cycle, they can develop negative core beliefs. This can lead to decreased self-esteem and future risk adversation. Aversion. Aversion. In essence, when teens feel like they can't succeed, they avoid trying. Explain to your teen that we all have a negative inner critic that drives our thoughts at times. The inner critic isn't the problem. It's what we choose to do with those critical thoughts that matter. Share a few thoughts that run through your mind when your inner critic is loud. Talk about how you feel as a result of those thoughts. Finally, share ways you... Reframe those negative thoughts to refocus on positive thinking. Helping teens learn to accept their negative emotions, state their negative thoughts, and reframe their thinking gives them the tools to cope with future rejection and other stressful events. When we normalize the process, teens internalize these skills and are able to use them when rejection occurs. Rejection is inevitable, even if you, as a parent, try to avoid it for your child. Your child will face rejection, but if you help them by using these tools and instilling them with their own coping mechanisms, they will be able to move on from rejection. Well said. And and these are proven techniques. You know, I've used them to some extent. I've imparted them to you to a certain extent, really the, the important thing is you're always striving to improve. Mm-hmm. You know, we may fail for different reasons and we don't know what those reasons are, but as soon as you find out what those reasons are, you can improve yourself. You know, if you don't do well in school, they'll usually come back and tell you what your problem is, Yeah, where you fail, what answer you got wrong, what skills you need to work on. So, School isn't really a good life lesson for learning about rejection. Yeah. Because school's a little too clinical when it comes to that. Yeah. And and rejection really is something that's more of a real world thing. If you don't experience it, it's very difficult to understand how to overcome it. Mm-hmm. And some of what we talked about here should help with that. And uh, you know, I think the important thing is communicate and talk, right? Uh-huh. So we'll Take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll get your closing thoughts. Alrighty. All right. Go over your closing thoughts. All right. So to everyone out there, teens, parents, whoever you are, um, I do want to reiterate again how teens like myself experience rejection a lot differently than adults. So parents of teens should probably utilize some of the skills we have here in order to deal with rejection. And if you are an adult that is actually that does actually have problems with rejection, 
these I'm pretty sure these tips can also help anyone out there, really. And they're not really just subjectively to teens. Um, but, you know, for the parents out there, please use what we mentioned for how to help your teens, you know. All right. Sage advice as always. Thank you. So I think that's about all we had today. Before we do go, I do want to once again plug the show and tell you that you can subscribe to the audio versions of this podcast uh, listed as Insights into Teens. Video versions will be listed as Insights into Things. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and any place you can get a podcast. I would also invite you to reach out to us, give us your feedback. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at insights underscore things. You can get high-res versions of the videos at YouTube at youtube.com slash insightsintothings. We do stream five days a week on Twitch and YouTube, but on Twitch you can get us at twitch.tv slash insightsintothings. Um, if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you do get a monthly free Twitch Prime subscription. It would be most appreciated if you subscribe to us on Twitch. Audio versions of this podcast can be found on the web at podcast.insightsintoteens.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Instagram at Instagram.com slash Insights Into Things or links to all those and more on our website at www.insightsintothings.com. And you. And don't forget to check out our other two podcasts, Insights Into Entertainment, hosted by you and Mommy, and Insights Into Tomorrow, our monthly podcast, hosted by you and my brother Sam. That's it. Another one in the books. Bye, everyone. Bye.